Hello, and welcome everyone to our very first episode of the Fold Devotional Podcast. My name is Austin. I'm the pastor here at the Fold Young Adults based out of Heartland Alliance Church in Sherwood Park, Alberta. And I'm so happy you are joining us today from wherever you are. Today, we'll be jumping into our first episode of our Faith Through Failure series. If you'd like to learn more about the heart and the story behind this, go check out our trailer that we posted just a couple days ago, and you'll learn more about it there. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Growing up, I was someone who always correlated what I did with who I hung out with. If I was playing lots of sports, I hung out with all the athletes. If I was doing music, I hung out with the musicians. But so was the same with who I didn't associate with. So I was never the most intellectual guy out there, which meant I had a really hard time being with those who were smarter than me. I just couldn't keep up no matter how hard I tried. But if they were speaking of something that I understood and I could keep up with, I enjoyed it. But as soon as it was out of my wheelhouse, I was finished. I also had the same reaction when it came to God. When I was interacting with people who challenged me to be closer with him, it made it much easier to get myself out of bed and spend that time with God. But when I didn't have that as often, I was on a downward spiral that was very hard to combat. In those moments that I was in a spiral, when I would mess up, sin, turn away from God, internally, it only made me feel further and further away from God to the point where I just couldn't face him. I felt guilt. I felt shame. And I was the person who asked, I don't know how God could ever love a person like me because of what I've done. I felt like a dog who knew they had done something wrong and its owner calls them over and has its head down, his eyes down, and its tail between his legs. I just wanted to hide. The individuals that we'll be looking at today were the first individuals who ever experienced this type of shame. Adam and Eve were the first two humans ever created. They had direct conversations with God in the Garden of Eden, and they were the only Bible characters to have seen the face of God in all of its glory. If you grew up in the church at all, these two individuals would have been quite a common topic. Their stories would have been something that we would learn at an early age. In Sunday school, the story that most kids will have heard is that God created Adam from dust, then created Eve from Adam's rib. They walked through the garden with God, experiencing no shame. They could eat from any tree in the garden except one. And then Eve was tempted by the serpent, eats the fruit, gets Adam to eat the fruit. And then they were exiled from the garden. And through all of that, sin entered the world. And though this is true, I believe that it goes so much further than this. We'll be picking up right at the beginning of Genesis 3, right after Eve was created. And this is where we first meet the tempter, the serpent. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? The tempter appears in this narrative as a serpent. The fact that Genesis says that the temptation came through a serpent, and that in Revelation, we can see that John refers to the devil as a serpent, 
which would suggest that Satan used the form of an actual reptile. This enhanced the shrewdness of the temptation. It came in disguise. It is not until the book of Revelation that we get an actual confirmation that this was Satan. The serpent who was described as crafty begins with questioning God's word. He does not directly contradict or deny God's commandment. He merely raises a question about it. He raises a doubt. In addition, the serpent rephrases God's commandment, presenting it in a negative light. God's commandment in Genesis 2 verses 16 through 17 begins with a positive when it says that you may freely eat of any tree in the garden, while the serpent's version begins with the negative, you shall not eat. And by misstating God's command, the serpent leads the woman to express it in her own words. When she does, she adds the phrase or even touch that we can see in verse 3. Also, depicting that God's command is much more restrictive than it originally was. The serpent responds by directly contradicting God's word at this point in verse 4. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And by saying this, the serpent casts a doubt on God's motivation, making it appear that God issued this to protect his own position rather than humanity's innocence. And through this interaction, the woman fell victim to the temptation of sin when she saw the appeal of the tree. The serpent succeeds in his efforts by appealing to the woman's pride and casting doubts on God's motivation. The temptation was over. The resistance was gone. So the narrative rapidly winds up when it says she took and ate. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. But the results weren't what they expected. They immediately were aware that they were naked, that is, guilty and vulnerable. They had been deceived. The promise of becoming divine did not come about, for one can't become like God by defying God. And we continue in verse 7. At that moment, their eyes were opened. They suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called out to the man, Where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. When their eyes were open, they would have seen everything that was once perfect was now spoiled because of the decision that they had made. They were no longer at ease with each other anymore. There was now mistrust and alienation within their own relationship, but they also now felt alienated from God because of what they did. And at that moment, death had already started working in them, but not physical death, but rather spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God, and through their sin, they were now separated from God. Knowing that, 
They had made a massive blunder. They ran from God. They hid from him. Instead of confessing their sins and asking for God's forgiveness, they chose to hide away from him. Instead of running towards him in a time of need, they ran away. The Lord announced a new order of life that would exist now that sin had entered the human race. God spoke to Adam, telling him that he would experience great pain, stressing physically, emotional pain, and his work would be the sweat of his brow, and that he will have to contend with thorns and thistles that will spring up in his way. Life was no longer going to be easy, but rather a life of ups and downs with some highs but extreme lows. And looking at our world today, no matter how hard people try to do away with pain, conflict, manipulation, or death, we can look back and see that this was the moment that started all of that. Through Adam and Eve's sin, they were cast out of the garden to now fend for themselves. But one thing that I found interesting was that God still cared for them. And we can see this in Genesis 3.21. It says that the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. God had every right to turn away from Adam and Eve. And he had every right to let go of these humans that had just turned away from him. But God still took care of them, even though they weren't walking in the garden together any longer. And on the same hand, they, though they felt shame, yes, they felt guilt, and they hid. And the death that sin brought, they continued to strive after God and obey his words, even now in a flawed world. And as a team, when we were sitting to try and think about what study we should do, and we thought of how to make faith our own and how to look at individuals throughout scripture, Ab and Eve were one of the first ones on my mind. Because yes, they were the first humans ever created, but I also saw them as the perfect example of what these two mean. They first were an example of what it meant to make faith our own. By God putting the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, it shows that God didn't want to force us to follow him. If he forced everyone to follow him, where is the genuine heart of obedience and love? Would it be easier if we didn't have to make that choice? 100%. There's no doubt about that. And just as Adam and Eve did, we will sin. We will make a decision that isn't necessarily the best. And we may and probably will feel the repercussions of our actions and try to hide. God will still come searching after us and he will cover us. He still comes looking for us, even though he knows where we are. He just wants us to step out of the shadows, admit what we have done and ask for help from him. As followers of Jesus, we are given this choice each and every day. Like Adam and Eve, we are to choose between the tree of life or the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. While this choice should be blatantly obvious, due to our human nature, we still sometimes make the wrong decision. And God asks us, implores us to choose the tree of life. He tells us this in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And unlike a teacher or a professor who makes a search for the answer, 
God has already given us the answer on a silver platter. We just have to consciously take a step and choose the tree of life each and every day. Because we cannot have death and life at the same time. We have to choose one. So let me ask you, what will you choose? When will you choose it? How will you live this out? And when we feel shame and guilt, will you still look up to God and say, I need help. I need you. Or will you try and hide? Because ultimately, this decision is yours and no one else can make it for you. And now as we wrap up, maybe we should take some time and sit and pray to God and ask, where do I need help in my life? And where do I need to come out of the shadows and confess what I've done rather than hide away? Because he already knows what you've done. He knows where you're trying to hide. But he chooses for you to make the choice yourself asking, where are you? Because he wants you to make faith your own and for you to learn how to have faith through failure. Okay, and that's it for our very first episode of Faith Through Failure. And if you have any questions about anything that was said, feel free to reach out to us on social media or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back in another two weeks. And we can't wait to have you join us.